Welcome to Birding by Ear. My name is Beth. This episode is a little different. I thought I would take a few minutes and introduce myself, tell you a little bit about me and why I created this podcast, and talk a little bit about Birding by Ear in general. I live near Salt Lake City, Utah, in the same city I grew up in. I have three kids at home and I work full time. I have always loved being outdoors and being in nature. I got into birding while in college. My friend talked me into taking an ornithology class our last year in school. The following semester, we took an advanced ornithology course where we went birding to southeast Arizona and went to all the amazing hotspots down there, including Patagonia Lake, Peterson's Hummingbird Sanctuary, which was just their backyard at the time, and spent most of our time in Madeira Canyon. I fell in love with birds and birding on that trip. My friend and I became very close with another student, and the three of us are still close to this day. The three of us go on annual birding trips together and have done so almost every year since we graduated college. Our lives have gone in different directions and even different states, but birding continually brings us together again, often in person, but also virtually as we share birding memes, ID struggles, tips, goals, birding videos, and endless hours of planning the before-mentioned birding trips. It is a passion we have all grown to love individually, but by sharing it, it has strengthened and deepened our friendship. We have shared a tent in a snowstorm, a tornado warning, and blistering heat. We've shared long drives, border patrol run-ins, lost luggage, lost items, missed flights, canceled flights, canceled plan, mud on the roof of cars, incredible sunsets, and all the strange, weird, and beautiful places that birding takes us. We call ourselves the bush tits because, well, it's funny, but also because we are desert-loving, social, chatty, and adorable little birders. I love sharing this amazing hobby with friends that I love. Back in 2019, I wanted to force myself to go birding more. I loved it, but it had slipped from my life, and it was something I mostly did on our bush tit birding trips with my friends. Once in a while, we would chase a rarity, but I wanted more birding in my life, specifically to enjoy and appreciate my local birds more. So I did two things. First, I made a New Year's resolution to make a certain amount of e-bird lists during the year. Secondly, I signed up to conduct breeding bird surveys with the Citizen Science Program through Tracy Aviary. Pause here to have a big shout out to Tracy Aviary. If you live in northern Utah, you should check them out. The aviary is so fun to visit, but you can also join one of their many Citizen Science Programs. I'll have a link in the show description, but you can check them out at tracyaviary.org. I'll admit I signed up for the breeding bird program on a complete impulse and totally last minute, with very little thought. And I was pretty intimidated by the process of conducting breeding bird surveys. I did not think I was a good enough birder. But Cooper Fire and Brian Olson and all the staff at Tracy Avery Conservation Team do a really great job. As part of the program, they teach you how to identify birds by sight and sound with weekly study guides and quizzes. And that is what began my first serious study of bird sound identification. I knew a few birds from birding all those years, but I had never actively studied how to ID birds by sound alone. As I was studying that first year, I wish I could study the bird sounds while driving, working, doing housework, all the things I do while listening to podcasts. Birding by Ear is such an auditory experience, it is perfect for podcasts. I couldn't find a podcast that existed, so I decided to create one myself. My first attempts were pretty terrible, and I made a lot of mistakes along the way. But I got a little better with each attempt, and I'm sure I will make many more mistakes. I still find that the process of creating these podcasts helped me learn the bird sounds even more than just listening back to them. So whether anyone listens or not, they are helpful to me, and I'll continue to make them for my own learning. So that's a little bit about me and about this podcast. 
Now let's talk birding by ear in general. Some say that experienced birders detect and identify 10 times as many birds with their ears as with their eyes. David Sibley, in the introduction to his latest field guide, says, The value of knowing bird sounds is clear, but no aspect of birding is more difficult to master than voice identification. I take a lot of comfort from that statement when it seems so hard. I have often thought that learning to ID birds by sound is very similar to learning a foreign language. The best teachers are the birds themselves, the native speakers. But much can be learned from listening to recordings. Like learning a new language, we have to train our ears to hear the different sounds. My children speak Spanish and I do not. When I ask how to say a word in Spanish, I'll repeat it back to them and they will say, no mom, that's not it, or simply laugh at my pronunciation. I am not used to hearing the sounds that Spanish makes, and it is therefore harder for me to hear the different accents. Likewise, sometimes two similar sounding species of birds may sound the same to us when we first hear them. But with time, practice, and lots of patience, we can learn to hear the subtle differences. I think anyone who has a large background in music will have a huge advantage as their ears are already trained to hear the subtleties of changing pitch and tone. Remember, it takes a lot of time and lots of practice to be able to identify birds by their sounds. So let's be patient with ourselves as we learn. I remember one particular day when I was a fairly new at birding. I saw a flycatcher returning to the same perch over and over and over again and calling. I knew enough to know that flycatchers are hard to ID and two, that the best way to identify them is by sound. And here was one calling. I spent so much time trying to figure out what that darn bird was. Back then, and yes, I'm dating myself here, we didn't have smartphones with the bird sounds on them or Merlin bird ID or any of that technology. The closest thing we had was a CD. So it took a lot of time and effort to figure out what that bird was. But I can still remember what a western wood peewee sounds like because of that experience. I tell you that story because when all the elements are there, learning bird sounds from the birds themselves can be magical. But having all of those elements present is challenging. First, you have to see the bird. Second, you have to be able to correctly ID the bird. And third, you have to see it make it sound. Having all three of those things happen at the same time is a rare treat. When this does happen, though, pay attention. This is something I need to remember to do more often. David Sibley suggests we take notes, try and recreate it, describe it in our own words. This will really help solidify that memory. I have found that listening to bird sound recordings isn't always perfect. I may not immediately know a bird in the wild, even if I've studied the recording. However, I do find I will learn it a lot faster. Similarly, again, to studying a foreign language before arriving in a foreign country. Another way to learn bird sounds is to have someone, or, now gaze, an app, tell you what the bird sounds you are hearing is. This can be helpful too, but isn't always readily available. I should take the time to learn how to use some of these apps more. It takes a lot of time and effort to learn bird sounds, so the more tools you have, the better. This podcast is just one of the many tools you have to help you on your birding by ear journey. Of course, knowing what a bird sound is is the first challenge. The next challenge is remembering it. Unlike visual ID, which you can quickly look at a picture to remind yourself what a particular bird looks like or what field marks to pay attention to, bird sounds for the most part have to be memorized. However, I do want to tell you about a really amazing book. I was not paid to say anything about this. I just think it's a really cool book. 
is called Peterson's Field Guide to Bird Sounds of Western North America by Nathan Piplow. Just like Visual Identification Book, this allows you to look up bird sounds. So if you hear something and you don't know what it is, you can look it up. In order to do this, however, using a book, you have to be able to visualize bird sounds, which is done with a spectrogram or sonogram. This book teaches us how to do just that. This book is a well of really good information, not just on what birds sound like, but when and why they use certain sounds. So I highly recommend checking them out. Again, I will leave a link in the show description, but you can find out more information at petersonbirdsounds.com. At the beginning of this book, Nathan Piplow teaches us how to visualize sounds, but he also gives us a way to talk about bird sounds. Similar to field marks, like an eye ring, a wing bar, we need ways to describe what we are hearing. Not only will this help us with identification, but it will also help us to learn what we are hearing and how to listen. He gives us several helpful ways to listen and visualize bird sounds, and I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about just a few of those ways. The building blocks of bird sounds. The first building block that Nathan talks about and that I will talk about is pitch. The exact pitch is not as important as how the pitch changes. All bird sounds can be described with five basic pitch patterns. First is monotone, where it stays on the same pitch. The second is upslurred, which rises in pitch. The third is downslurred, where it falls in pitch. The fourth one is called overslurred. The sound rises and then falls in pitch. Visually, it appears rounded like an eyebrow or a rainbow, with the highest pitch in the middle. The last is underslurred, where the sound falls in pitch and then rises, like a smile with the lowest sound in the middle. Pitch patterns can be used to describe individual notes of a song or the song overall. For example, the overall pitch of a canyon wren is downslurred, while the individual notes have a different pitch pattern. Our next building block or field mark for sounds is the four basic patterns of repetition and speed. This is described by the answers to two questions. Does the bird sing the same notes or different notes? Are the notes slow enough to count or too fast to count? The answers to these two questions give us four basic patterns of bird sounds. They are phrases, series, warbles, and trills. Notes slow enough to count and that are unique are called a phrase. Notes slow enough to count that are in the same or repeated are a series. Notes too fast to count and unique are warbles. And notes too fast to count but repeated are trills. It may sound complicated at first, but we know most of it instinctually, and it follows a logical pattern. If we were to say a bird makes a trilling sound, you probably could guess what that sounds like. But now we have rules to go with our descriptions. So let's go over it again and maybe listen to a few examples. A phrase is slow enough to count and unique notes, such as this olive-sided flycatcher, A series is slow enough to count with repetitive notes, such as the call of this American goldfinch. 
or a western screech owl. A warble is notes too fast to count and unique, such as this house finch, or this warbling vireo. And finally, a trill is notes too fast to count, but repetitive, such as this chipping sparrow, or this dark-eyed junco. Long, complex songs can be described as combinations of phrases, series, warbles, and trills. Both pitch and speed can change with the course of the song. For example, a horned lark song may start as a phrase and accelerate into a warble. As you can see, using just these two field marks in combination, we already have a pretty complex way of talking about bird sounds. Throw in a description of pauses and we could say something like, multiple consecutive series without pause in between, an American goldfinch. Or short, unique phrases separated by a long pause, a red-eye vireo. The last building block I will talk about is tone. Nathan Pipelow describes seven basic tone qualities. I won't go over them all here. I like to think about tone as the instrument the bird is playing. A flute and a violin can play the same pitch, but won't sound the same because they have a different tone. Tone can be whistly, burry, hooting, buzzy, etc. With these building blocks, or sound field marks, we already have a rough idea of what it may sound like, and a complex way of not only describing a bird sound, but listening to one as well. Once we know what to listen for, the next hurdle is remembering it. A great mnemonic, such as quick three beers for the olive-sided flycatcher, is one way to remember a particular bird sound. However, everyone can hear something a little different, so finding a memory trick that will work for you is important. You don't have to take my suggestions or anyone's suggestions for that matter. I was amazed at how many more birds I was able to find by using only my ears. It is also less frustrating. I mean, how many hours have you stared at cattails trying to get a glimpse of a bird that is singing but you can't see? It can't just be me, right? Okay, I've talked long enough, but I'm going to finish off with a few tips to learning bird to bird by ear. The first is, of course, listening to recordings. Hopefully, this is where this podcast will help. Second, learn how other people remember the sound, but don't be afraid to come up with your own way. Third, when out birding, try and identify every sound you hear, or at least ask what every sound you hear could be. When I first started to learn to ID birds by sound, I discovered I was tuning out a lot of sounds. And last, once in a while, go birding without your binoculars. This really forced me to pay attention to the bird sounds. Well, that is all for this introductory episode. I hope you found it helpful. I promise future episodes will have lots less of me talking and way more of bird singing. Now go and get your ears on birding. <laughs>